Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Covetousness is a pervasive sin. It's not a sin we often think about, and therefore we may not recognize it. And as we will see today, this is vitally important. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus is asked to help resolve a family dispute. Instead, he warns against and instructs concerning covetousness. Let's take our Bibles and open them to Luke chapter 12 and study rich toward God. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father, as we begin another study, as we open up the book of Luke and begin to learn about Jesus walking in this world and teaching, instructing, correcting, rebuking, healing, raising the dead, Father, help us to engage our hearts and minds in not just learning facts and information, but establishing a relationship with you through your word, recognizing that this is your word, you're speaking to us, you're drawing us close to you, and we are actually having a conversation with you through your word. You're talking, we're listening, we're asking questions, we're trying to grow. Father, help that whole process to go through our lives and result in a deeper, more heavenly-minded mindset. Guide us in our study today, Father. Work in our hearts not only through your word, but through your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we open to Luke chapter 12, we begin reading in verse 13. In verse 13, we read, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, as you may recall, Jesus is in the midst, at least we believe he's still in the midst, of thousands of people, of myriads and myriads of people, too many to really count. And they're all pressing in. And Jesus has been addressing a little bit of the crowd, but he's also been talking to his disciples and teaching them things concerning what's going on. And now, again, someone from the crowd hollers out or calls out to Jesus and asks Jesus for help. And this situation in which he asks for help is, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now that's an interesting appeal, isn't it? This passage just goes to show us that people in Jesus' day were concerned about the same types of things that we are today. I can't begin to tell you how often I have had conversations with individuals regarding an inheritance or a piece of property and how the family just literally disintegrated over the issue. And it's a very, very sad tale. Well, this individual wants Jesus to come and help him. He's so concerned about this situation, he wants Jesus to command his brother to divide the inheritance with him. Now, that says something about his attitude toward Jesus. He believes Jesus has such authority that if he will command his brother to do this, that his brother will listen. So there's a deal of respect there. That tells us how the world in Jesus' day, how the Jewish people, by and large, saw Jesus. But notice in verse 14 what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? 
I'm not the judge. I'm not the legal attorney. I'm not the right channel you're to address this through. This is not my role in your life. Now, could Jesus have helped him? Yes. But even Jesus knew what his responsibilities were, and he stayed within his lane. He did what God called him to do. He didn't oblige every single person who wanted something from him. That's important to know, because sometimes when people ask us to do things, we need to say no, because it's not our business. It's not something we should be involved in. It's not what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we need to say no, but we can only say no when we know what God's will is. We need to know what God has called us to do and to be. Well, in verse 15, it says, And he said to them, he speaks to the crowd, Take heed and be aware of covetousness. That's interesting. Jesus sees this situation as a situation that deals with covetousness. Covetousness is desiring what you don't have, desiring what somebody else has. It's the desire to acquire to possess what you lack, what you want. Now, just wanting something isn't necessarily covetousness, but our hearts can be perverted in our wants and our desires, and covetousness can happen. So Jesus says, take heed, be on the lookout, beware of covetousness. Why? For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. My life, your life, is more than the things we have or the things we can acquire. We are not defined by what we have or what we don't have. Our happiness should not be affected by what we have and what we don't have. We are more than material possessions. If you'll recall, Jesus said you cannot love both God and mammon. You cannot love both God and material things. You will love the one and hate the other. We need to be wholly devoted to what our lives truly do consist of. We are spiritual beings created in the image and likeness of God, and we are created to delight in God, to worship Him and serve Him, and relate, fellowship, be a part of Him. That's what we're created for. Our minds, our thoughts are to be possessed, are to be occupied with things that are eternal, not things that are material and temporary. In verse 16, Jesus gives an illustration. He speaks to them in a parable. He says, The ground of a certain rich man, the man's already rich, yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? He was already so rich that he already had a lot of crops stored up. And he says, what shall I do since I have no more room to store my crops? He was already rich. And now he's getting richer and he's got a problem. His problem is he doesn't have any more space for all of this wealth. In verse 18, so he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater barns. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, many of us see absolutely no problem with this passage, except a little red light goes off in our minds saying, there's a reason why Jesus is doing this, so this must be bad. 
If this wasn't in the Bible, if this was a friend down the street, or if this was happening to our son or our daughter, or even to us, we would think, you know what? I'm rich. I'm going to make room for all of this new wealth. And then I'm just going to sit back and take my ease. I'm going to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to retire. Look at verse 20. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? God says, you know what? You're going to sit back and take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But guess what? Today, before any of that can take place, you die. Here you are, relying on your wealth, relying on your riches, planning your future based on your bank account. And God says, tonight, your soul will be required of you. What good are all those things you've acquired? What good is all of your wealth to you? Now, it's going to benefit somebody, but it's not going to benefit you. And the obvious correlation here is this man prepared for his physical life and he neglected completely his spiritual life. He died, and he was not rich toward God. How do I know that's the point? Look at verse 21. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's the question, isn't it? The question is, what is it to be rich toward God? What is it to be wealthy spiritually? Well, Jesus says, do not lay aside treasure on earth. Do not treasure treasures on earth, but treasure treasures in heaven. We are to live by the Spirit. We are to be good stewards of all that God gives us physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And we are to be mindful that we are to do everything, whether we eat, drink, whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. We are to live an intimate fellowship with God Almighty worshiping him, following Jesus Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, obeying the word of God all of our lives. When we focus on those things, the material things fall into place. If a man loves his neighbor as himself, then he's not begging his brother to share his inheritance, or he's not withholding his inheritance from his brother. When God's love works in our heart, those things are worked out. We need to understand we are to be rich toward God. Are you rich toward God? Am I rich toward God? Now, you and I may say yes. The question is, what does God say? It's a dangerous thing to try to get all of your pleasure, to get all of your happiness out of this world and the things of this world. It's dangerous. Do not be like this fool who although he was abundantly wealthy, who was taken care of for many years, just simply did not have many years on earth to enjoy it. And then he had to face God and eternity. Father in heaven, we pray that you would give us wisdom about covetousness, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that you would teach us these truths, that you would guide and direct us in understanding. Help us to know what it is to be rich toward you, to have treasures in heaven. Help us to understand that so much of our labor and our effort in this world is just wasting time. Help us to be productive toward you, to store up toward you, not on earth. 
Give us wisdom in this. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.